Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, Law Smith, you are the president of Tokobaga Consulting, and you also happen to be a, a stand-up comedian. And yep. so on, on this conversation, I actually want to talk about that, um, kind of figure out what the timeline was, and then figure out, uh, you know, for someone who uh, is looking to advance professionally, could stand-up actually help them? Uh, and interestingly enough, my background is I actually took a year of improv for for that specific reason, because I do a ton of media. And so I, I'd look at comics or people that are doing uh, improv, and I say, my gosh, they just seem so witty. How do they do that? And, you know, after a year or so of doing that, you start to, okay, all right, I see how they do that. And those skills have been crazy valuable. But um, give me an idea on the timeline. Which came first, business or stand-up? Um, they both happen at the same time, which is a, not a great answer. Cause I hate when people just kind of politic their way through it. But I did stand up when I started doing, uh, my entrepreneurship classes at uh, undergrad program at Auburn. And then, uh, was just dipping my toe into those open mic waters. So kind of at the same time. And I kind of approached both in a similar way. It's yeah. all a puzzle to me. Yeah. And so um, how do you use then? So the work in stand-up, uh, it, it kind of, can you take me through what is the work of stand-up? Like, and what are the skills that you develop in that process? And then we'll talk about like how that's applicable to business. Yeah. So what a lot of people don't realize uh, with stand-up is you have to have a strong work ethic. People don't realize you're getting up about 300 times a year to open mics and things that you're really you're a negative some game for a while financially. And you have to, just like entrepreneurship, you have to be a little crazy to do it because you're not good in the beginning. And you're not good at whatever first venture you have, you're not very good at it. You don't know how bad you are until you look at retrospectively later. But you have to have a little bit of crazy, a little bit of, I, I know I'm not great, but I know I'm getting better. But know that, you know, it, it, the big difference is one's in art and the other is very black and white mathematically, I'd say, just by your financials of whatever that small business venture is. But I'd say you develop a work, work ethic. I yeah. failed a lot on stage, which helped me fail in business and not worry. You get a tough skin. You fail a lot in the beginning on, on stage. And a lot of people don't like to do sales, for instance. And if I had to get... Yeah. You get pushed into that, you go, nothing, there's nothing anybody can say that's been worse than what's been told to me by an audience member or another comedian. What do you think the worst stand-up experience you've ever had was? What was the most painful moment that you can recall? So uh, about 09, I, I was living in LA, worked for, at a mutual fund company during the day, was doing stand-up at night. It was actually back here in Tampa where I'm, um, uh, where I'm sitting here doing this interview from. 
in our office in uh, Tampa, Florida. And uh, Jackie Mason, I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. the, the, the great uh, Catskill comedian from uh, Caddyshack 2, uh, who took over mm-hmm. Rodney Dangerfield's spot in the Caddyshack kind of cast. Um, yeah. Let's just say we have different audiences. And so <laughs> I was uh, 24 and kind of green, and I got booked through the side kind of through a family friend that I knew and he, he was a promoter and wow, I've never bom- I bombed in front of the biggest crowd, easily the biggest crowd I had at that point at uh, the Strass center over here, which was, I think a couple thousand. So it was a little rough. I had to, at one point, I think my biggest laugh was about, I was talking about texting or something and I had to explain what that was. I was like, it's like, yeah, it's like an email, but for your phones. Oh, uh, oh, it's like, uh, well, the email is like, remember the, you remember the postal service and kind of pointed out someone really old and just try to go, remember the Pony Express and just kind of <laughs> kept deconstructing to pigeon carrier. Yeah. So uh, that, but if I didn't take improv classes, uh, I would have been in, dead in the water for sure. Yeah. So, um, what, what do you do after that? I mean, because obviously in business, I mean, you can have very painful things that happen in business. You know, maybe it's a cash flow issue. Uh, maybe, you you know, uh, you know, an employee or a partner or someone like that hoses you or, you know, a customer leaves you high and dry. You, you know, you just, you, you put yourself in too risky of a position. Um, having experienced the pain of bombing in such a big way, and you're probably like, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep putting myself through this? <laughs> like, uh, I would imagine then that that bombing is good because it expands your comfort zone. Failure is good. I mean, look, any of these TED Talks about business, any anything that you see that's kind of inspirational in business, uh, at least for me, failure is good. Now, failure is only good if you learn from it, right? Yeah. You're... You're crazy. That's the definition of crazy. If I'm getting on stage and I'm not changing anything and I'm expecting different results, right? So it is a good, what it did teach me is like failure's fine. And I used to have a fear, a fear of failure, right? Which actually mm-hmm. makes me fail more. It'll make you mess up a lot yeah. more in a weird way because you're worried about failing. So you fail. So once you kind of get in this area where mentally you're allowing yourself to make mistakes, but you're really putting effort behind it. And you're writing in this case for stand up, you're writing in a business. You actually write a business plan. Like 3% of small business owners might write a business outline of a business plan, right? That's crazy to me. So I grew up in a program where I wrote business plans for businesses around Auburn university. And that's how I cut my teeth in an open mic kind of way where I didn't know how to write a business Mm -hmm. plan, but you just go do it. And the other part is I, I'm part of a generation that I thought this is the best lesson I learned when I worked in corporate for a mutual fund company, shout out to dimensional fund advisors. Um, but the best lesson I learned was like, Hey, I can look this up on my own. We have this great thing called Google. And I remember asking, I remember asking one of my, uh, higher ups, I was like, Hey, how do you do this thing in Excel where I do a V lookup formula? And he goes, oh, let me let me show you. He comes over to my desk, goes on my computer, and he goes on Google, and he's like, look it up yourself. And it was like, uh, like he might as well just dunked on me in the office. And so, uh, 
that is a lesson of like, oh, we have these tools to be entrepreneurs now or to do whatever you kind of want. I'm 35. I'm right in that generation between kids always having internet, right, available at all times and the older mm-hmm. generation that is still AOL. I had to just get my mom off of AOL, paying for AOL the other day. So yeah. I'm, I'm sandwiched right between there. That's why I kind of think our position's really good at explaining the internet, basically, to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So how does um, your experience mean, Stan? Does that, does that help you with acquiring more customers, like for, for customer acquisition? Is, are, are there any lessons you've taken from stand-up that, that have helped you with marketing, sales, um, you know, landing new business? Sure, sure. Uh, so I, I go on stage a lot of the time without any material, And I try to see how far I can go without like doing a joke I've done before. And what that is, is a test in, I can look at someone with a salt life shirt and I bet they're into Jimmy Buffett, right? I can, I can kind of, you can kind of profile a little bit. Business is a little bit formulaic. A lot of it to me, just like comedians, it's very, uh, you can shoot yourself in the foot. So like, I feel like, discipline and habits and things of that nature, knowing what you don't know is a big one, I would say. And by being a comedian, I kind of get a little side. I get to come in and go ask all the dumb questions, right? I I have like a past almost. But when people sit down now, I used to kind of hide it. I used to not tell anybody that didn't know when they come in for a business meeting. And now I say it the first five minutes because what it does is it's like a cheat code because people are like, oh, I can be real with you. And we're in mm. this weird area now. You're, we're doing this podcast and it's about being authentic, right? That's what I think a lot of people gravitate towards. I think when you do a podcast for marketing purposes only, it's seen right through. And that audience of first movers that are listening to podcasts, and I still think it has a lot of room to grow, they they see through that as an infomercial. and. It, People are finding podcasts because they're, if you think about it, they're not having real conversations. And so they're replacing that with an, it, it's intimate, it's in your earbud. And so I think, uh, I think the real talk aspect, it allows us to get, get from intro meeting to what are we doing a lot quicker. I've noticed we've cut down, I could show you the stats if we had them, if I had them prepared, but. I can show you my pipe drive CRM mm-hmm. and our from intro meeting to close has gone a lot quicker once I've told everybody about comic. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, even if it's someone that says, you know, um, you know, if they share anything that's kind of like a, like a creative pursuit or something that they're, you know, they're not very good at or something they're struggling at or something that they're constantly working on. Like it just, it, when someone shares that, it, it just feels more realistic. Like I'm learning water painting or, you know, or whatever it might be. Um, so I, I, I do think that there, that's, you know, people are like, Oh, wow. You know, that's very cool of you. It's very relatable. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm with you. It's like people will get attracted to you for your expertise and your um, your authority, but they'll stick around for the authenticity and to hear when you fail uh, and know, oh my gosh, you know, you're just like me. And matter of fact, oh, you're so brave. And, you know, I admire you for, you know, having, you know, taking those risks. 
I think people another, love to hear about others who take risks. Well, here's another big one that no one talks about, and I've written about it. I've talked about it on our podcast, Sweat Equity, a lot, is entrepreneurship is isolating. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily lonely, yeah. but it's isolating. Even when you have a loved one that's your partner, say you're doing a mom and pop kind of venture, that other person, they might be in lockstep with you, but they still have a different viewpoint. and so. I, I don't know if you experience this like I do, but if I have a retainer client with us, we do projects or retainers a lot of the time. I, I'm kind of a uh, an entrepreneurial therapist because a lot of them don't have people to talk to. We work with a lot of small, medium businesses. Yeah. And they don't have uh, – I'll try to now – now I try to, I try to push that out to here are some places you can go for real therapy, but – Sometimes they need someone to go, hey, is this crazy if I want to do this idea? I get a lot of that. And I don't mm-hmm. think – I think if I didn't have the kind of disposition I did from stand-up, I wouldn't have those kind of clients be very vulnerable to ask that kind of question. Because, look, anybody who's listening to this trying to do their own hustle, that's kind of who we're trying to do our podcast towards is the younger versions of us because that's what – we'll have you on one day and we'll ask you – what would you tell your younger self? Because mm-hmm. you're always going to make mistakes. Yeah. So knowing what you don't know and knowing you will fail and knowing that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of nights where you're up and you're going to be anxious because you don't have all the answers and nothing, nothing in life is deterministic. Even Seinfeld bombs in front of people, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, there's no, there's no one that's 100% awesome the whole way through, no matter how much our president likes to boast that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, so I, I feel like that lesson's uh, very paramount for business. Law, Law, what do you think the very first step might be for someone who's like, you know, I'd like to try stand-up, but I, I don't know, what do, what do you do? Like, how do you, how do you try it? Like, how do you, what are the first things that someone might do? And we, I know we only have like a couple minutes left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people will ask this, and anybody that is business-oriented, I go, all right, you want to start a pizza shop, what did you do? If you didn't know anything about pizza, you go to a bunch of pizza shops. So I tell everybody, go to a comedy club, go to the open mics, go to the good shows, and just sit in the back. Just watch. Just Look, I used to get a lot of gigs starting out just by being there, showing up a lot. People would never even see my act, but I just was very – I was nice to everybody. And that alone got me booked in the beginning more than my material. So wow. go and see – like. Can you handle that? It's look, I'll tell you like it's you go to these open mics, it might be three hours before you get called up. Jeez. It's <laughs> you might hear some of the worst stand up of all time, and it's all other comics. It's almost yeah. a form of torture, but it it's almost set up in that way that hey, if you wanted to you want to be a CFP, you're gonna start entry level somewhere and you're gonna do a form of grunt work right. like that somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, awesome. It's just so, like anything um, you want to do. Go out there and do it. Nice. So, um, so Tokoboga Consulting. So you guys are on the web at tokoba.ga. So it's T O C O B A dot G A. Yep. Uh, so you do consulting. Um, you work with a lot of law firms. You're based here in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, you do some beautiful work. I, I mean, I love the uh, branding on your website. Um, Thank you. That's so all. What me. services do you 
So we're, we're about to uh, start uh, – I'm going to start revamping the site a little bit, actually. So uh, I'm going to make a category. We're seeing a lot more operations and productivity help, automation. And to me, a lot of, a lot of digital marketing is automation. It is a lot of planning. It's a lot of ops. Mm-hmm. So I see that as kind of our, our next kind of uh, – we've been around four years. I think we're starting to get to that growth area where we're going to take that leap year. And um, and get to that next that next level, and I think a lot of more people are seeing the advantages of a lot of automation and digital ops. Nice, nice. All right. Well, Law Smith, you're the president of Tokobaga Consulting and a stand-up comic. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.